Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, we celebrate, uh, Lord, just life. And we pray, Lord, as we turn to your word uh, this morning, Lord, that you would uh, speak to our hearts and that you'd encourage us uh, in the things of the Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, on Father's Day, thematically, what we addressed was how imperfect our fathers and our mothers are and how to mature as a Christian and to mature as a believer um, when we have imperfect parents, it really requires us to, we use the term, let them off the hook by forgiving them. And I used a story um, out of my own experience with my father that he was uninvolved, detached, that in high school, playing high school sports, four years of high school sports, not once did he come to any of my athletic events. The first time I saw my father cry was when I was getting on an airplane to go to Lackland uh, to go to basic training uh, in the Air Force. And those events are that lack of uh, fatherly affection definitely uh, brought a, a brokenness uh, uh, to my heart that needed uh, to be healed by the Lord. And what I learned is that people will sin against you or, or people will not um, love you like you need them to love you. And as we become an adult, those things can, uh, that brokenness can, help, can prevent us from maturing and really loving our spouse or loving our children and loving our grandchildren. And that the way through that through the grace of God, is to forgive them and to allow the door of our heart to be opened so that we can receive the healing and the love of God and the grace of God into our life so that we can take the next steps and so that we can give love to the people that God has called into our life. The greatest impediment to healthy relationships as adults is often the brokenness and the sins that were done to us as young people. So when I look at one of the greatest needs that our culture has and that many within our church have, is a need to learn that forgiveness is a choice that we make. It doesn't mean 
that we forget, it doesn't mean that the person should not be reported if they've abused a child, that the person should be reported to the authorities because of Romans chapter 13. That the government is set up not for those who do good, but the government is set up to punish and to check the behavior of people who do what? People who do evil. When I was a boy at 10 years old and several times after that, there was a close friend of my parents who molested me as a boy. And th that, that event distorted, changed um, my mind and my way of looking at many aspects of life until I came to faith in Christ, until I realized that there was a place to go with that, until I realized I could forgive that person and allow God's grace and healing to come into my heart and life so that I could love again and love my children as a father and to love my grandchildren as a granddaddy. You know, I went down, I did a 24-hour trip to New York. I left Friday at 10 a.m. Six and a half hours later, I got there. I was like, my mind is going to explode. And then 24 hours I left. But in that 24 hours, there's nothing like it. Pa, you're the greatest. Pa, there's no one like you. Pa, go swimming with me. Pa, let me tell you something that's going deep in my heart, and I can't tell you what it is because it would be embarrassing to my grandkids. There's nothing like being set free to love. If we fail to do that, we could look at Matthew chapter 18, there's a parable. The parable of the unforgiving servant begins in verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And I'll tell you, I'm with Peter. Seven times? That's it. You're out of it. No forgiveness, just wrath and judgment. Look at the challenging words of how Jesus responds. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seven times, seven times seven, which means to what? Infinity. Endless. You're kidding. I don't like that at all. Do you like that? How many like that? No one likes that. And that helps us understand that forgiveness only comes about through the grace of God. And the same way we come to faith in Christ, by stepping into it by faith, we step into the grace 
that allows us and empowers us to forgive others. If we fail in that, or if we resist that, come to the end of the parable, and we see in verse 35, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. Come with me to Matthew 5. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would, anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so there is a great imperative that Jesus gives to us to forgive. And people that have transgressed us, people that have hurt us, that there's a grace that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart that empowers us to let that person off the hook for what they've done. Does it mean that they don't go to jail? No, it doesn't mean that at all. They do go to jail. Does it mean that if a little one was abused in our church that I wouldn't call the authorities and turn them in? No, it means just that I'm going to do that and have done that. But what forgiveness does for the individual is it sets us free from being judge and juror and executioner. It sets us free. And we become free to give that over to God, Romans 12, to make room for the wrath of God. It lets us give that to God so that we can do what with our life? We can receive healing. We can be healed of our brokenness. We can be restored so that we can love and care for other people. And what does it do for us mentally, it lets us out of that repetitive loop that that, that, that transgression, the enemy uses it, uses it to come into our life and to destroy memories and events and make us sad when we should be walking or have the opportunity to walk in joy. One last verse. And then, I, and then five steps to freedom. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 14. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. When Paul uses the term to put on, it's the same concept that he uses in Ephesians chapter 4, 17. He says to put off what? The old man. 
and to put on the new man. It really refers that there's a choice to be made. When you got up this morning, how many, how many of you uh, put on some clothes? I just say, praise the Lord. Because if you didn't, I think my eyeballs would fall out and I would be traumatized. But it's a choice that we make. And Paul says, make this type of choice. Here we go, back to Colossians. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as who? As how? As the Lord has done what? Has forgiven you. How did the Lord forgive you? He sent his Holy Spirit into our heart. He, he drew us to himself by the work of the Spirit. And he gave us a gift when we turned to him. When we turned to him, he deposited a gift in our heart, which was eternal life and forgiveness. How do we give forgiveness to other people? It's the same way is that the Holy Spirit draws us to Christ because the Holy Spirit wants to heal us and heal our brokenness. And when we're drawn to that place, he'll give us a gift, his charis, his, his grace in our heart, that we have the opportunity to supernaturally step into that grace and release the person that has hurt us and allow God to heal us. It's a choice that we make. Let me offer you five steps that can help you in getting free and forgiving people. If you had a set of notes, you would see them. The first one is, they're almost like five prayers. Jesus, I choose as an act of my will to forgive. And, and, and if you don't mind... I'm going to use the name of the guy who molested me. Because this is the crucial aspect. Is that when we name it and use that person's name and go to God and say, God, back to step one. Jesus, I choose as an act of my will to forgive Bud. I forgive him for molesting me. And I release this person from my judgments and place this person in the hands of God because I am no longer responsible for being angry and mad and resentful and bitter towards him. Because when Bud died, where did he go? He went to the God that delivers justice. He, he went to the God who... who who takes the cause of the innocent. Second step. Father, I ask you to forgive me for holding unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment in my heart against this person. Forgive me? I, I had a hard time with that for years. You know what, my, what was in my mind? Is this. I have a right to be resentful. I have a right to bitterness. And that is what keeps us in chains. And when we say, Lord, 
Forgive me for that. Put your Holy Spirit in my life. He, bring your healing to me, Lord. We release the judgment to God. We forgive the person. We're set free. And we begin to move and take step forward in our life to walk in a way that we can love people and enjoy life again. Thirdly, Holy Spirit, bring your restoration and healing into every area of my life. Fourth, Lord, when a negative thought comes into my mind, help me to take every thought captive and bring it to Christ. See, with the, the, the dynamic that happens when you've been abused and sinned against is that these thoughts come into your mind and they're just as real as the event. And when we take that thought and say to the Lord, Lord, I take this thought and I bring it to you, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you would deliver me from this thought and, Lord, bring your peace and your grace and your love into my heart and set me free from that. You begin to break that cycle of thoughts. And I can say as a, as a 66-year-old, Let's say six, six, six. As a 66 year old, those thoughts are dim. Can I dial them up? I can dial them up. But I choose to do what? I choose to put on the new man. I choose to bring those thoughts to the Lord and ask for his continued healing and his continued presence and his continued deliverance in my life. Lastly, when we look at this, I say, now, Father, give me faith and courage to move forward knowing that you are a sovereign God. You have the very best future for me, and I can trust you to bring it about. I know as a pastor, after pastoring 40 years, that the aspect of appropriating God's grace so we can forgive other people is, is a message for today because we have such a broken world that offers nothing other than anger and violence as a remedy that only fuels the bitterness and resentment and lack of healing in the hearts of people that have, have broken hearts and fractured hearts and fractured families. And the message of the kingdom is so counterintuitive. Jesus says, you know, that it w- you know that it is written, right? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, what? Forgive. Why? So that we could be set free to enjoy God's joy and presence and his love in our hearts and our life. It is the kingdom is so counterintuitive to what we've been what's being modeled for us in our culture which only keeps people captive and in a place of anger and bitterness. And so if that's you this morning. And I know in our church there's many. I think if you gathered 10 people there'd be two people in that group. 20 people, 40 people, 50 people, 100 people in a group, there would be many, many, many. 
And so my message to you this morning is to step in to the grace of God that empowers us the same way it empowers us towards salvation. It will empower us to forgive and to receive the healing and the peace of God which will allow us to walk in the joy of God and allow us to love people in a way that is transformational in our hearts and in the lives of the people that God has placed around us.